What's up, everybody? And this is a episode of Ask PJ, but I am not getting asked anything. I am asking all the questions, and I have a very special guest with me today. And I am going to say, this is a very bold statement, Uh-oh. that after my mom, my favorite cooking is from Alexis, Thank CEO you. of Made to Macro, and she's sitting with us in here today. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Does that make you proud? That, that... I'm really proud right now. Because if you're Italian, that's a big fucking deal. That's a huge fucking deal. Yeah. Um, I love my mom's cooking. She'll, she'll, uh, she'll say that she's too tired to cook now and she's past that stage in life. But for my birthday every year, she still will make me chicken parmesan because that's my favorite. I like eggplant. See, my sister likes eggplant. I got to have the eggplant. The whole idea of an eggplant kind of freaks me out. Why? Because it's a vegetable well, and it's just... You got to get them in sometimes. I don't know. It's just a big purple vegetable like that. <laughs> It's 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 delicious. I can all I'm I think about is you. when I see eggplants is mangdango. <laughs> so it's it's uh, I stick to some people like uh, veal parmesan. That kind of freaks me I, out too. I really do like veal. Veal is good. It's just the whole the whole idea of it freaks me out a little bit. It's really tender though. Yeah, it's good. Some onions on top. I stick to chicken though because I don't give a shit if they kill all those chickens. That's true. Chickens are disgusting. <laughs> all right, so. I'm going to make you tell a lot sure. about yourself today. Ooh, okay. So we're going to go back in time. It's going to be fun because okay. I know a lot of it, but there's a lot I don't know. So I'm interested in learning a bunch of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I might ask you questions that you might think are annoying, but no, it's fine. I think everybody else will think that they're interesting. Cool. Let's All right. It. So you grew up where? I grew up in Tampa, Florida, in Ybor City area. Um. My dad was a firefighter, so he was on and off, uh, 48 hours on, or sorry, 24 hours on, 48 hours off. So he was uh, working a lot. My mom was a paralegal. I spent a lot of time with my great-grandmother in Ybor City. She was of Cuban descent, Mm. barely spoke any English. Um, And whose side is that on? This is on my dad's side. Okay. She was the best cook. So I spent a lot of time with her. She was my best, best, best bud. And she sadly passed away when I was 18. So I was very lucky, though. I got to know my great-grandmother until I was 18. So not a lot of people get to do that. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, grew up in Tampa. I'm a fourth-generation native. Um, Huge, huge, huge bloodline there with the Urso family. That's my maiden name, Urso. Mm -hmm. Um, we've We've been there for a really long time, going back from... You know all the cigar uh, manufacturing plants there. So your if you did uh, one of those like me twenty threes, what does your percentage of your ethnic background work out to be? So Western European. Mm-hmm. Um, what's funny is that actually I have a two percent African in there. Damn, I'm so <laughs> jealous. I wanted that two percent African so bad, so I could be a part of the BLM, and I didn't get yeah, it. Sorry, I, didn't get I it. got that though. So, but um. Because Sicily, where my where my dad's family is from, his dad's side, is so close to uh, that northern Africa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of commingling there, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's probably why I get so tan. So that's cool. But um, but yeah, we're from from that side, western the western half. And then my mom's side, we just found out um, her family is Irish, 
and uh, from the Netherlands. Oh, which wow. Is really cool. Yeah. So you so, have... Uh, so I'm a really weird mix. How did the Cuban get in there? My, my father's mom. My father's mom was Cuban. My father's dad is Sicilian, which is a typical Tampa family. Tampa is going to be Sicilians and Cubans. And how I knew Cubans actually. Yeah. I, I didn't know that about the Sicilians. Huge, huge. A so lot of meat markets. How did uh, the Sicilian and the Cuban? How did they meet? High school. Really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah, high school. My um, my grandparents owned a grocery store. Um, they met in high school, and uh, hit it off from there. So she was born here. Mm-hmm. She didn't come on one of those rafts. Mm-mm. Nope. By the way, shout out to all the Cubans that have come here on rafts. I know a lot. It sounds my family, funny. My family actually did not do that at all. They actually migrated through Ellis. Um, my, I had family that came through Ellis yeah, also. They lived in New York for a while before they came down here and built, um, built a typical shotgun. They call it a shotgun home in, uh, in Ybor City. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick little side story that I didn't think that I was going to tell today. But one of our... Um, UPS drivers, awesome mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He came here from Cuba. And, mm-hmm. and the reason that we know his story is because when everything was going on with the election, he um, came in angry one day. And he was saying that mm-hmm. it really bothered him that so many um, people were saying that uh, Trump is racist and he hates mm-hmm. the illegals and all this because he was like, my family, he was like, we came here from Cuba. He goes, he goes, we came here on a raft. Yeah. And he was like, you know, people died along the way. He's like, oh, yeah. we came here on a raft and we've, we've worked hard to have amazing opportunities for our lives. And, and he was like, and it's scary that so many people don't understand the they opportunities that, that we have had. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's too bad that more guys like you don't, don't speak out on that. I go, also, it's fucking amazing that you came here on a raft. That like is, you, I, you hear stories like that, but I, I now know, know somebody that, that le- did that. Legit happens. Yeah. Daily. It's amazing. It's crazy. That still happens. Um, I should take this gum out. Oh, I was going to keep chewing it the whole time. So grew up in Tampa. Mm-hmm. You had some cu- Cuban cooking going on. I like lots Cuban, of Cuban food. Lots of Cuban cooking, lots of uh, Sicilian style cooking. So I had a really cool mix of, of food, which is, I'm, I'm just shocked I'm not. 500 pounds easily did your family do dinners together all the time oh yeah we have a huge huge family we had not even just our home cooked meals which were fresh every night especially if my dad was home he did all the cooking Mm -hmm. that's who i learned from my dad yeah Um, my mom wasn't much of a cook but she does like to bake um but huge huge family events all the time very important um my dad would do all the cooking for that too that's awesome until you know my, my grandparents did my, my grandmother passed away in a car accident oh, when I was uh, when I was nine. I lost my grandmother and my great grandmother in a horrific drunk driving accident. Oh my god! It was the worst thing. How did that happen? Um, it was Memorial Weekend, mm-hmm. and um, we were actually at the beach. We were actually on the East Coast up up north in Vero. Um, and we got a phone call one day, I guess the drunk, drunk driver went wrong side of the road, um, hit them head on. My grandfather was in the back seat because he's blind. Um, well, he was, he passed last year. Um, hit them head on. My great grandmother died on the spot and then they mm-hmm. took my grandmother and she passed. So my grandfather lost his wife and his mother in the same. What a horrible tragedy. It was 
it was it's pretty bad was there um lawsuits and people going to jail yeah yeah we uh, made sure of that um anytime he was eligible for parole we we fought it to the you know yeah. the very end how sad so, i'm sorry yeah thank you it's, it was really sad and you were nine when that happened i was nine damn i lost my grandmother when i was nine how'd your family take all that um well italians we and cubans close. can be yeah, pretty we were, dramatic we were really so. really we were all really really close so it was you know heartbreaking and i feel like it just changes the dynamic of your family yeah. in general um when you lose people who are so loving and keep everything together mm -hmm. and you just you you want to do the same thing with your family over and then c certain times you're just you feel like it's drifting apart and you don't spend as much time with that with the family anymore like it should be so when, when you, you lose those people when you were nine and that happened and the dynamic changed mm -hmm. how do you feel that your life changed after that um i was so young i feel like that wasn't I was so busy with school, mm -hmm. with, with cheerleading, with all my athletics, um, with schoolwork. If I feel like it didn't change me as much, other than knowing that you know they're gone. Yeah. Now that I think about it, and it you know it makes me tear up, and of course I miss them. But I think when my great grandmother passed, which was her mother, mm -hmm. um, I think that was probably one of the worst days of my life. So I feel like that was more impactful on how I am now. Um, do you remember that day that my that my grandmother which one uh, you said it was the most impactful day yeah that was uh, I would visit her in the ICU almost mm -hmm. daily I was I could drive then yep. you know it was in my senior year of high school so I could I could go visit her and I just kind of knew like she was ready to go her husband mm -hmm. was gone her uh, her daughter had passed in the car accident my grandmother and you could tell she was just ready and I knew that but I didn't want that to happen, of course. So um, I remember she was kind of slipping away and I was like, I want to say almost 10 minutes too late to say my final goodbyes. And I just, I just broke down in front of the whole hospital, made a scene. It was, it was probably one of the worst days of my life. Yeah. It was horrible. Those are, uh, really days that you can't put into words and everybody to try to I tell people to try to make light of the horrible horrible situation because so many people get caught up on the I didn't get a chance to say goodbye and that happened to me with my grandma who was like she was like my second mom and um, my dad had told me uh, the night before he was like, hey, you should come up here as soon as possible. And uh, I was like, I was just there. And um, he was like, no, you should come like tomorrow. And uh, I, I was like, really? And so I went online and I got the very first flight that I could get out. And by the time I landed in LaGuardia and then got the car and then drove up there, it was like... Um, seven o'clock at night mm -hmm. and I was like running into the hospital and like right when I got there everyone was like hugging and, and crying and so same thing I missed by like 15 minutes and um I handled that really bad yeah um which you know who's to say how anybody should handle a situation like that you don't know until yeah. you're in it 
Um, but that situation, unfortunately for me, um, I was kind of getting my shit together at that point in my divorce. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I left the hospital. I went to this strip club um, to meet my buddy, mm-hmm. a local place in town back home in Danbury that we still always go to. And I just started like drinking, drinking, drinking. And I haven't really, yeah. I hadn't drank in a while at that point. My heart was just so broken. And that was in November. And then I pretty much like spiraled out until January when I ended up in the hospital over that. That was like when you're when you're that close to, you know, a parent or grandparent like that, you know, it it is like such a a tragic loss. It was it was it was it was the worst. And I feel like and I could say this now and like I I still get upset about it because I, you know, I have two amazing children. Mm And I, I know that she would just be obsessed with them. Yeah. And I could just see her, you know, with them. And it's, I feel like that makes me more sad now than anything. But I, I know that I never had to say goodbye to her because she knew how yeah. much I, I loved her. Mm-hmm. Like, and that no, was what I was going to say is. She knew. I laid in there and uh, I made everyone get out of the room. And I just laid on the bed next to my grandma and I just cried for a while. Yeah. And, uh. I felt so upset for so long that I didn't get to say goodbye, but my grandma didn't really didn't like that kind of shit. And now I realize where I get it from. My grandma didn't want anybody fussing around like she did not like it. So we actually didn't even know that she was as sick as she was Mm -hmm. because she wanted to just like go out her way. Not everybody freaking out about her. So when I had gone up there a few weeks earlier, um, everything seemed cool. And that, yeah. that was another thing that bothered me for a long time is that we didn't have a profound um, conversation. Uh, we talked about the fact that I'm aller- allergic to bees and cockroaches. And she was like, I have an EpiPen at my house. You should go get it. <laughs> and uh, then the other thing that we talked about, I, I've, I've told this to a few people, um, but uh, my grandma was very uh, like, polished and like put together well and she was a very classy lady Mm -hmm. and um when i went to see her i put uh one of my favorite suits on and you know everybody else was kind of like schlubs in the hospital but i went in with like one of my favorite suits and she goes it's so nice that you're always clean shaved and in a nice suit why don't why don't the boys these days shave anymore they all have these ridiculous beards and they dress like slobs. Like nobody has uh, any respect for themselves anymore. And her saying that and and appreciated it, I I've kind of like it's been important to me to carry that on. So mm-hmm. when my beard starts getting a little bit out of hand, if I'm getting lazy with it, sometimes chicks will be like, "Oh, you look good with the scruff. You should leave it." You can hear her in the background. Yeah, <laughs> and I think about that always, and that's why I ha- I'm, I'm compelled to shave my beard. So yeah, that's funny. But um, without spending too much time on sad stuff, going into high school, Mm -hmm. so you're already cooking a lot. You were playing sports. You were cheerleading. I was cheerleader. I was um, I made varsity my sophomore year only because they did not let freshmen on the varsity squad. Uh, So I had to do my dues and and JV years. Were you like Were you like all about it? Oh man, I traveled with my traveling cheerleading team and then I danced with my dance traveling team I was up until like 9 p.m. just doing you know athletics every single night 
and then I would have homework. And then on the weekends, I would have practice or a competition or, you know, my Friday night football games, yeah. basketball games, even though I, I dreaded the basketball games. I would trade people. If you cheer this basketball game, I will pick up the wrestling match. Like, I would rather <laughs> watch and cheer on my – because all my friends were, like, wrestlers and stuff. Yeah. I'd rather do that. So, I just – I can't get into the basketball. I don't know what it was. But football is the most fun to cheer Football at, right? is so much fun, yeah. especially if you understand the game. Mm-hmm. I even actually set up um, a small little – we called ourselves the Diamond Girls. I'm a big baseball alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So, we um, – there was about three or four of us on the side. I worked with one of the the uh, teachers who were who was overseeing the the baseball side of the of the school baseball team, and uh, we called ourselves the the Diamond Girls, and we would be like Diamond Do Dolls need, is the place down here. <laughs> Do you need water? You know the Bat Girl. <laughs> you know we would go over the speaker and, and announce you know fun stuff. Did so, the uh, in your school did the cheerleaders date the football players? Oh yeah. Did you did you wear like their jerseys before like certain games and stuff? Um, so there was jerseys. Most of the I feel like in the early two thousands, all we were wearing back then were like our Sophie shorts, which were the soft like little yeah. cotton shorts that we would roll over mm-hmm. till you could, your booty crack was like coming out the bottom. Yep. With no shot, no socks, or they were either pulled up to your knees. I couldn't remember what year was what. <laughs> There was like one year where like okay ankle socks all the way and no or no socks and then there was like one year where no you're not cool unless you wear all your socks up to your knees and the little white shoes yes yeah. Asics all the way yep. or little cheerleading shoes and then we would always wear like our warm ups with it so our team was like really legit like nobody nobody beat us in Tampa for the for our high school team yeah so we typically didn't wear the boy stuff because we were so proud of our. Like, we would have our own jerseys with our nicknames on the back. Mine, yeah. was, mine was Ox, of course. Ox. Because I would tumble and I would, like, grunt and, like, make, like, noises, like, like powerful noises. Were you strong? I, I was really strong. Were you working out with weights ready? I had just started working out with weights. Did they encourage it or no? No. I just enjoyed it. And then um, I was a base, so I was at the bottom. I was the one always lifting. Yep. It's just... I, was, I, I, was I imagined I, I imagined the ox wasn't the one that was at the top of the <laughs> Fuck no. no, I was definitely not. Even though, you know, I'm five foot two, I was pretty solid back in the day, too. So when you were uh, back when you were ox and you were <laughs> the ox, at, you know, the base lifting these girls. I have to go girls, find this jersey now. Did you have uh, muscle yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're. A lot of the movements are the same. If you if you picture your your typical gymnast mm-hmm. or your or your dancer, I mean we were like those rolled into one. So, plus we have this almost like a sprint style performance because you're doing all this action yeah. within two to three minutes, or like a like a fighter, you know. So everything is almost sprint work. Hit. So yeah. Yeah. Hit. So um, lots of tumbling, lots of stunting, lots of yelling. The coolest shit to do. Did you guys have pasta parties? Yes. Those are the best. So before the game, we would have one cheerleader's house we would go to. Mm-hmm. And um, my house is, you know, the best. My dad <laughs> would make this, like, feast, of course. You know, we would do, like, a lasagna or, like, and I don't know how we did it because we would just stuff our face. Yeah. And there's all these girls. There's, like, 25 girls in my house getting ready 
trying to do, you know, eyelashes everywhere and glitter because glitter was just life. And then, you know, got this uniform over here hanging up and it was just hilarious on how my house would look before a game. And, and then the theory, the theory, everywhere. The and theory we behind pigs. it doesn't really make sense either. It That's doesn't. the funny thing. I don't know how we, we looked the way we did and ate the way we did. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Anyone who doesn't know, so a pasta party is when the team gets together and sometimes it's just cheerleaders mm-hmm. and just football players. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's everybody together. And usually it's the night before a game. Mm-hmm. You just eat a shitload of pasta, and then you go home and go to oh, bed. No. Oh, no. We ate it right before. Oh, you guys did it right before? Right before. So right after school on Friday, we would we would go to whoever's house. Mm-hmm. We'd have to have us be there by a certain time so we can get in, and then we'd have to go um, set up for the game, you know, make, the, make sure the banner's ready for the guys to run through, you know, the works. And you then- guys did it right before. We, we did it most of the time the day before. And it's like you just load up on those food, go to go to sleep, and then go to yeah. go and then play. I don't know how the guys did it. I know we ate together sometimes in the cafeteria if it was a home game, um, but that was just a shit ton of food too. I don't know how the guys did it, and then we'd go play the night bef- the night of the game. Was your school a big school? Yeah, we're we're very. very how many young. how many kids in your graduating class? Ooh, I want to say. We're in the middle of South Tampa. I want to say there was about maybe seven or 800. No, it's big. Yeah, so I, I went to a small high school. There's only yeah. like not even 150 kids in our graduating Oh, class. yeah, no. It was like 130 or something no. like that. We had a lot of people. But we are right next to Danbury where I grew up, which has like thousands. Yeah. Um, we but I, I went to a, a very small town. Yeah, we weren't that big. Um, it was great. I think growing up in, in towns like that, playing sports, I feel those are like the best years. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, oh, I hated high school. I'm like, man, high school was awesome. Football and cheerleading and, you know, pasta parties and freaking. I really had a good time in high school. Keg parties. Did you guys have keg parties? We had every kind of party. Did you, did you have, um, see, I, I like to talk to people that are from the city versus from the country like I was because the party styles are so different. Yeah, 100%. So we would have parties on like golf courses in like the end of the woods, like See, stuff I was like in the that. Water. Yeah. So we had every week or after, even after school, hey, we're taking the boat out. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, you know, if skip practice or whatever, or if we had an off day, you know, my friends would just, we would take the boat out and go tubing on the bay. Yeah, that's the best. You know, or go to a, a deserted island and just hang out, and it, it was really fun. Or go to the beach. We had this place called the End, which is um, I grew up on Davis Islands, which is a small man-made island in Tampa, right near downtown. Um, and we had this place called The End, which is like the end of the island. And there's like a <laughs> beach there. And like very, very tip was a like a yacht club. And we would just all go there until the cops broke it up. That's the good times, yeah. man. We had a place called Orange Pepper. All my new Fairfield friends will remember Orange Pepper. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just the end of this street where it was a new development that mm-hmm. they just never developed anything. So it was just like kind of like empty houses empty that were houses. started. Oh, those are fun. And we would just go out there. It was all muddy because the road wasn't done yet. And we would just get hammered and party out there. People would get stuck in the mud. And then eventually the cops would come, make everybody go home. Mm. But you know, if, if there was nothing to do, that mm. it would get around real fast, like Orange Pepper. And that's where everybody would show up. We had so many different parks. All like, you know, we, we would have to change it. Oh, we're going to go here. 
Oh, yeah, the cops are coming. Yeah, and here. then you switched. Yeah. We only had one gas station in my town, too. So, That's like, crazy. everybody would just meet up at that gas station to try to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. It was the mobile, right in the center of town. It was the good old days. Now, when you mm-hmm. when you were out of, done with high school, mm-hmm. so you, you already into sports, you cheerleaded the whole time. Mm-hmm. Had you gotten into bodybuilding-style training yet? Yes. Oh, you did? Yeah. How Actually, old? I started training more when I um, when I graduated after I graduated what made that happen um well getting into you know nutrition um, working at GNC mm-hmm. really pushed, pushed oh you me. worked at GNC also oh, yeah uh, I think everybody has I, I think, think everybody oh, has. so many people have worked at GNC that was one of my first jobs I know I know um, you know going into just just seeing like you, you you it's almost an addiction you know you see your body changing and you're like oh what if i keep pushing it and what if i do this and like you know i'm gonna do this buns of steel tape today you know and see what happens um which i probably need to find and keep how long did you work at gnc for i worked at gnc for about five years oh my god that's a long run i know well that's a long run you know i was in management and stuff so how did you like uh I was corporate. It wasn't a franchise. It was a, a corporate-run store, so it was pretty hardcore. Yeah, I worked at a corporate it uh, was, store, too. Yeah. It was, um, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about supplements. I learned a lot about nutrition. Um, I met my first show prep coach there. Oh. Um, were you the cute girl working at the gym? I was the cute girl working So boys at the would come in and flirt with you? Everybody would come in mm-hmm. and buy their protein. Go see Alexis. She knows what she's talking about, you know. And I would just sell them, upsell. Guy Cicernino had a long run at GNC. Yeah? yeah. That makes sense. He's famous uh, <laughs> in the GNC world, but we'll leave that story for another one. Yeah, <laughs> we would, you know, we would get the, the GNC magazines in and all the different types of uh, print and the little cutout cardboard yeah. boxes and stuff like that. And that's when I really fell in love with the bodybuilding because I got to see, you know, um, like Aaron Stern. Yeah. And, you know, Jay Cutler and, like, people that I still, you know, look up to and, um, you know, follow, obviously. Who was the first person that, like, caught your eye when you were working back then that you were like, wow, I want to be like this person? Um, I would probably say... I'd probably say Aaron Stern. Wow. I really, I really, 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 really just loved her physique. She had a hell of a physique. She fucked us over, actually, at one point, which is a shame. I've heard. Yeah. That's why I was... She I fucked was a lot like, of people shit. over, I, I was think. like, shit, this yeah. is going to be... No, I think I she like, fucked a lot of people honest, over. Or? She had a hell of a physique. And shit. not only did she fuck me over as a company, but... Uh, the reason that my ex-wife reached out to me for coaching was because Aaron Stern told her to reach God out to me. It. So she really fucked me over. Damn it, Aaron. Damn it, Aaron Stern. Um, she, uh, she had a hell of a physique. So when she it was, was the one that caught my eye. I actually had pictures of her as like my motivation up. So were you like, because there was three girls that were head and shoulders the best back then, mm-hmm. and they were dramatically different, mm. uh, and they were postered everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you had the Aaron Stern group. Yep. Yeah, the Nicole Wilkins Lee group. Yep. And then you had the Ava Cowan group. Ava Cowan is uh, equally, uh, well, I can't say equally because Aaron Stern caught my eye. She was absolutely phenomenal. So I've said this um, a bunch of times, mm-hmm. but 
so I coached Ava Cowan for the year that she got fourth place at the Arnold, right? Mm-hmm. And she would come into the office all the time, and um, she would pose, and she was very confident she had no problem posing mm-hmm. in, front of, in front of everyone. And it was the year before mm-hmm. the women's physique division started. Mm-hmm. And so they sent a message that year, uh, basically like, hey, figure girls, we don't want you to be as big. If you want to be big, you can go over to the women's physique. Mm-hmm. So the last day that she posed before the Arnold, and this is a, this is a, a bold thing to say, um, she posed for us. Freak condition. I said, you have the most perfect physique I've ever seen. That's amazing. And um, she was very hard on herself. She was like, um, well, we'll see what they think. And I said, honestly, I couldn't be happier with how you look. And like all the, like, the guys would, would stand around and just be like, not even know what to say. And so they told her she was fourth. I thought she should have won, but yeah. they told her that she was too muscular. And it really, like, sent her in a, in a, a rough direction. And mm-hmm. I wanted her, I go, all you need to do is stay exactly like this. And I was right. And you will fucking be, Shocking. excuse my language, you will be the women's physique division Miss Olympia. Mm-hmm. You will smoke everybody. everybody. And, and they, I believe that they would have really liked that. Because her physique then would have just destroyed Dana Lynn yeah. Bailey's. Not even close. But instead... People got inside her head. She started trying to get too big mm-hmm. and then too soft. And then the whole thing wound up being a mess. But that that moment, watching her pose, all the great physiques that I've ever seen, that was the most impressed I've been with a physique. She, yeah. She has an amazing physique. Yeah. She was a hell of a competitor. Great conditioning. Um, but, you know, they, they change around what they want. I just had this in, in um, the, the podcast that I did that people will see before this one with mm-hmm. Steph Mahoy. Mm-hmm. We talked about bikini mm-hmm. and how different it was. And it's, it's interesting because she and I had completely different perspectives of what we thought was good in bikini. Yeah. And I said to her, I go, do you think that you're swayed by the fact that you're friends with some of these people? And she smiled and she said, yes. Yeah. And that's the thing with a subjective sport. There's so many things that could sway you. Mm-hmm. I don't like blonde hair. Oh, I love blonde hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like big boobs. I don't like big boobs. Yeah. And, I, and you know, we talked about this yesterday. Like, if, if you're going to be like that, you should not do this shit. No. It'll fucking make you crazy. Yeah, you can't. I've had so many girls that are like, I don't understand. This girl's soft. This girl's fat. This girl's jacked. This, that. And I'm like, honestly, you got to go in with the best version of yourself yeah. that makes you happy. And you can talk to the judges a little bit, but they're going to tell you different things all the time. You just got to be the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and just go with it. Yeah. And... If it's not in the cards for you, it's not in the cards for you. Yeah. Go and do CrossFit where here's the rules. Do this. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you win. Yep. And um, I personally, uh, I actually really didn't like that about bodybuilding. Although I loved the training Mm -hmm. and I loved the journey of getting there. The actual stage part I fucking hated. Yeah. And I often thought. You're so good at it though. Well, I often thought, your though. Presence, as your presentation. Thank you. Fantastic. But I often thought, like, guys would place ahead of me, and I would literally just be like, that guy sucks. <laughs> He's not better than me. And so if you believe that in your heart, yeah. then you, you get in. It makes things tricky. Yeah. So for me, I was like, um, if I'm not being placed at the best in the world by the time I'm 30, then I'm going to put all my focus into my business, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was content leaving, because... Yeah. I knew I had done everything that I could do. Um, 
with bikini and figure, it's so dramatically different, though. You know, uh, I would say in figure, in my opinion, in figure, you have to have the ideal structure that they want. I think figure is my favorite and would probably be. I feel like for judges might be one of the easier ones to judge. Well, either you have it or you don't. Right. That's the thing. Yep. That's why figure has gotten way smaller. Yeah. There's still a lot of competitors, but either you got that structure or you don't. Yeah. You can't diet and pose around it. No, you can't. Bikini, you can diet and pose around. Bodybuilding, you can just be, if you've got an ugly shape, you can just be way more shred, shredded than everybody else. Yep. Uh, but in figure, you're going to stand there straight on. Yep. And you're going to stand there sideways, and they're going to stand from it. the back. And either you have it or you, you don't. don't. The yeah. girls that have it, they really, really stand out. They do. Um, and you got to have just real small hips, broad shoulders, and it's just that look, you know? It's a, it's a, a very, very tough look yep. to pull off. It is. Um, and it's come a long way. Gorgeous, though. It's like, it's, yeah. it's probably my favorite. I think it's just because I love shoulders so much. Mm-hmm. And I just love looking at their shoulders. I loved, so when I was coaching my girls, I kept on getting told by judges, you're bringing them in too hard. You're bringing them in too hard, which is pissing me off. What, is, what did they mean by that? They were just too, they were too conditioned. And so when the women's physique division opened up, the way that they described this division, I was like, this is the, the division for me. Mm-hmm. So all of the girls that I was coaching in figure, I got like 90% of them to go into that division. And in the next two years, it turned 18 girls pro in That's women's so cool. physique. Just yeah. just destroyed that division. Yeah, I was very proud of that, of that division. Now, physique has actually turned pretty much into bodybuilding. And so it has evolved to that. And so now with, with the changing and the evolving of these physiques, now you have the wellness division, mm-hmm. which I'm very, very excited about mm-hmm. because this is the way that I look at it. <clears throat> if you go through the history, mm-hmm. there was bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. That was it. And then they started doing these fitness competitions. Mm-hmm. And the fitness competitions were, first of all, if you've never seen any of the old ones, like back in the day when they used to have the aerobics comp- competitions, mm-hmm. hilarious. So that turned into fitness. And you had these fitness girls that would do kind of like aerobics and dance. And it was cute and happy and sporty. And they had great physiques. But then you started getting these girls that were like, I just graduated and I was an Olympic gymnast and I need something to do. do. I'm going to go do these fitness routines. And then it got nuts. And so they had to tone it down because these girls were just coming and flipping all over the place and stuff. And a lot of girls couldn't compete with that anymore. So they, they, they started to tone it down and they were like, you know what? Let's just take the girls with these bodies Mm -hmm. and let's just put them in their own division. So they don't have to worry about the routine. And that's how figure started. Right. And figure was way different back then with like Monica Brandt and Jenny Lynn. Okay. Those girls were so, to me, they were so hot. Yeah. I loved I those girls growing up. But the figure girls back, <clears throat> back then mm-hmm. were almost kind of like what bikini turned into for a little while. They were just so much smaller. Mm-hmm. And it progressed and progressed and progressed. And then it got to the point where it was getting too big. Then they started the bikini division. Bikini. Now, the bikini's first year, hilarious. Bikini's really evolved. Oh, man. Like the first crazy. year bikini was just like Hawaiian Tropic, basically. It was, that's it. Yeah. It was fun. I kind of wish it would. <laughs> it was awesome. When it first came out, people I thought. I wish it would go back sometimes. Like, <laughs> people thought, like, they, they, like, thought down 
on it. They're like, yeah. what the fuck is this? This isn't bodybuilding. But it, as soon as it came out, everyone loved it. Yeah. Everyone loved it. Of All course. the bodybuilders loved it. It was cool. Oh, yeah. And they had flavor. And then bikinis started getting more muscular. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to tone that down. And then once they toned that down, they started getting all this confusion. And the wellness division, which was getting really, really popular outside of the United States, United States yeah. they decided to bring the wellness division here. So the cool. wellness division, division is cool because a lot of bikini competitors, whether they are Latina or Italian, their bodies just want to hold that lower body muscle. Yeah. Um, the Brazilians, and so these girls are just cardio, 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 trying to get rid of that muscle so they can fit the criteria. And the wellness division, they were like, you know what? We're going to let you have that muscle. Yeah. Keep the upper body for the for the most part the same. You can get a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, and so now now these girls that were being told you're too muscular, you got to run, run, run. Now they're allowed to train their legs. Yeah. And I think for for where the world is at right now. Because you know we're in like the era of like the booty, like everybody wants everybody a big wants booty. It. Everybody's on the you got the weight line at the the booty blaster. It's true. Every girl builder. does does glutes like four times a week. Not, no, I don't. I talk to girls. I'm like, <laughs> it's on my plan, but I can't. No, girls will be like, will you help me with my workout plan? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, send it to me. And it's like Monday is glutes, hamstrings, and a little bit of quads. Tuesday is abs. Wednesday is quads, hamstrings, and glute glute touch-up. Then there's like an off day. Then it's like maybe a little bit of shoulders. And then it's like my main glute day where I just do like squats and like uh, hip thrusts. And I'm like, okay. I know. I'm like, uh, it's amazing that women can recover the way they do. I was just... With with Casey, one of your your athletes, Mm -hmm. with Casey Hill this week, and we've been incorporating... um, a leg day and then I'll push her on upper body day. So we kind of, you know, take our two strengths and kind of merge them into one and we'll help each other train. Cause I'm, my legs are just really, really weak. Cause I yeah. didn't train them for eight years. Like watch the video that we did together. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. It was brutal. It was, I lost, I lost the nail. She lost the nail. It's pretty bad. That was it. And then, um, I was talking to Casey about it. Cause you know, she has, you know, a big booty and, you know, nice legs, but she's, you know, a bikini competitor. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about that. And she, she said that she has to do a lot of like sprint work and a lot of like running to keep her legs down. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. I think that she almost but, overdid it personally last yeah. year. Um, and I gave her some good advice over what to do for this next season. Just getting there. Yeah. I, I remember her, her telling me that, but it reviews. was just crazy. Like, why would you want to keep them down? She's like, well, I want to stay in the bikini division. I was like, damn, you know, your legs look so amazing. But to, she's got to keep them down because she's got to do bikini. So. To me, you, I think you got to do what makes you happy. Yeah. That's what I tell the girls all the time. I had this, no, she's this, happy with bikini. I had this conversation with Frida, and I wasn't going to push her in any direction. Mm-hmm. But she had not worked out with weights for a mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And I, I said, aren't you bored? And she was like, yeah, but I'm just trying to, you know, like give them what they want. And, and I was like, well, what if you do all this and they tell you you're still too big? Yeah. Then you just missed a whole year of whole working year. out, changed your body away from how you liked it. So then still not comply. I mean, that's a, that's going to be a, a rough one. Yep. And so I was super happy that she decided to go to figure or not figure to wellness. To wellness. And training with weights. Oh, my God. Her legs just absolutely exploded. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm gonna actually. I haven't. I haven't posted it yet. I'm gonna post this this video. It's gonna blow people's minds with what her legs look like now. Her legs are amazing. It's just, it's awesome to see. Like I hate to see somebody hold themselves back. Right. You know, just to try to comply to a division when there's these other divisions. Yeah. So you were, you liked figure, which means you like training. You like muscle. Mm-hmm. And were you eating like a bodybuilder? No. How are you eating? Um. Nutrition was where. I struggled the most, obviously. Um, going from eating pretty much whatever I could or when I could from being a busy high schooler mm-hmm. or busy in college, work. Um, I didn't really know how I should be eating. Um, so I started learning a little bit more about um, what I should be eating and how that played a drastic role. How did on you learn? How it, um, myself, just reading up on things, reading into articles, you know, researching diets. What, mm-hmm. what, what should I do to do this? Um, but everybody's so, so different. I feel that you can't just follow one single plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I starved myself to be a bikini competitor. So many people do that. It was really bad, actually. Did you have a coach? Um... I did, I did, but at that point we were just trying to lose as much body fat as we could in mm-hmm. you know, twelve to sixteen weeks that I had. And you, when you did this bikini show, mm-hmm. how old were you? I was twenty, twenty-four. So you were 25. training for you were training for a few mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. and you decide what made you decide you wanted to do the show. Um, everybody was telling me to do a show. But if you like, they would come into GNC and they would see that mm-hmm. I had potential. And then I had a couple of people be like, you need to go do a show. But if you liked the figure look so much, what made you go towards bikini? Um, I did not have enough muscle. And I let my coaches pick my division mm-hmm. instead of waiting to choose a show. I rushed into one. So I felt like if I could have easily taken two years to grow some more mm-hmm. and train correctly and, tr- and eat correctly, yeah. I think that would have been easier because this was pre-injury so I could have easily trained really hard now what was your starting weight and what was your weight for the competition my starting weight was probably in the 140s which is funny because I'm 140 pounds right now yeah which is crazy yeah but you're all muscle now. I know but it's it's still it's crazy I was not then so um I want to say I went down to like 121. Wow. Yeah. And when you did the show, I was just sunken in. Did Super you have uh, Did you have somebody helping with posing and all that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, posing was actually really fun for me. Now it's like awkward because I don't really know what to do. But it was different for bikini back then. You kind of just pranced around a yeah. little bit. <laughs> did you feel confident up there? Oh yeah. And how many girls were in your class? There were, well, that was when they did short or tall. Okay. That's how old I am. That's old uh, school. Short and tall. I was in short class, obviously. I want to say there was like eight of us. Maybe. It was very, very, very small show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you place? I got fifth. How did you feel about that? Felt okay. Just okay? I just, I was, I was like one of the bigger girls. You're one of the bigger girls? Yeah. Did I could you totally tell? I was like, when you saw the the competition, were you like, 
all right, I need to change some things around for sure. Oh, yeah. The minute I showed up, I was like, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. I was also very hungry. (laughs) This is... I I, I was like, I I can't. I was like... And then I was in my head, of course, Mm -hmm. asking people, you know, you're asking people how you look, and you're like, oh, how do I look? And like, like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, you know, this and that. This is why coaches, if you're a good coach, Mm -hmm. if you care about what you do, don't let somebody compete just for the sake of competing. Yeah. Don't do it. If somebody needs two years, tell them, look, you need two years. If somebody wants to compete in a year and it is possibly doable, get on a plan to get them there, but don't blow smoke up their ass and say, hey, I'm going to have you do the show just so they can do a show and then go out there and not saying that they're going to go out there and get their ass beat, but you want it yeah. to be a positive no, experience. I lost – I confidence the minute I saw who I was up against because the shows are always going to be there yeah there's no, no there's yeah. nobody putting a gun to your head that's no. like you better do the show now no. otherwise you're going to miss out no. there's tons of shows yeah so you should be you should feel confident like yeah. I can't wait to go out there that's yeah. the that's the mindset that you should have and if you if you sign up with a coach it's very important um for coaches and for people listening if you reach out to somebody that's telling you when you should compete, unless you're specifically asking them, mm-hmm. that's not a good coach. That's what I was about to say. I think it was partly on me because I just went through a shitty divorce. Okay. Because I this is my second marriage. Um, and I was just like drilling the gym. Yep. And I was like... Coping with the gym. Coping with the gym. Like, that's all I did. That's all I wanted to do. And I was living and breathing that, and that's all I wanted was to compete because I had such negative feedback. Well, how uh, at the time. how old were you when you got married? I want to say the same age, like twenty four. I so was super young, and I competed a year later after while I was getting a divorce. So, so you were not married long. No. How long were you married for? <laughs> eighteen months. Eighteen months. That's the eighteen. It's like mine, basically. <laughs> no. My divorce was longer than my marriage. <laughs> Ridiculous. My divorce was pretty quick. But <sighs> it was stupid. I shouldn't have gotten married anyways. It was kind of a... Uh, you just kind of... When you're with somebody for so long, you just feel like you're supposed to do that. That's like the next thing. Oh, you, you guys know, were together for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not like super long, but, you know, three to four years. Did you... Were you like pressuring him or... Oh, I pressured the shit out of him. And then he was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, we, well, we, we bought a Corvette. And I said, I'm not fucking buying this Corvette with you <laughs> if we're not married. He's like, all right, let's get married. <laughs> oh, that was it, huh? Romantic. Boom. At least you got a Corvette. Got a ring. Got a, and I got the Corvette in the divorce. <laughs> Where's that Corvette now? Uh, I totaled it. Oh, no. Another totaled Corvette. It was pretty bad. Yeah. It's gone. No I'll drunk driving though, right? Oh, absolutely not. Hell that's no. one thing I that's from what we talked about earlier. I will I refuse to drink and Good. drive and I don't like people who do. Yeah, it's too easy to get a ride nowadays. It's so easy. I will admit when I was young in my young my young years. Everybody can admit to yeah, that. Everybody I was drinking and driving for I forget, sure. I forgive you. Um definitely had some situations where I woke up last minute as I was like drilling a mailbox and been like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you, dude? Um, but that's like your dumb, you know, yeah. high school, college stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so you had a divorce, mm-hmm. you did a show, and then <laughs> when did you meet your, your, you're married now yeah. currently, so yeah. when did you meet your husband? So this is actually a really good story. I met him before my first husband. Okay. He was a, uh, a bouncer at a nightclub. Those bouncers, they always got the, the hookup. bouncers. He got me in the VIP. Was know? he jacked? He's jacked. When you, when you first saw him... Because you were into working out. And he was a foreigner, which made it even hotter. So it was a jacked <laughs> foreigner. With earrings. Oh, earrings, too. And the too. tips. So, <laughs> hold on. What year was this in? This was in 2003. Wow, this is a great This is a great time. I know. Of the world, by the way. I feel so sorry for Dude, these kids I now. really do. I had the best time. 2003 through 2006 were amazing. So, I always tell people... So I graduated high school, the class of 99, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the 90s were the fucking best. Mm-hmm. And that was really the end of people that weren't huge pussies. Mm-hmm. And so as we went into to the 2000s, I started noticing some things changing in the high school level. Mm-hmm. Just with like my sisters and my little brother, like yeah. things started getting yeah. a little bit more strict, changing yeah. a little bit. You couldn't say this, you couldn't do that. So... Being 18 to 30 in the first, you know, 2000 to 2010, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was a great, great time. So much fun. So much fun. And then when 9-11 happened, the world dramatically changed. Yeah. Dramatically so changed. So this was just after 9-11 because 2003 is actually when I graduated. So I was fresh out of high school, 18 years old. My dad wanted to kick my ass because I wanted to work in Ybor City and that's where all the clubs are. It's yeah. a big strip on 7th Avenue, and it's just nightclub after nightclub. And that's where everybody went. You know, Thursday night was college night. Friday night was ladies' night. Saturday night was just... Is that the street where all the strip clubs are? No. You that's know what I'm Del talking Mabry. about? Yeah, okay. Del Mabry has all the strip clubs, yeah. and that's like strip club. After There's night. the one that I always... My, I always go to... Yeah, the spaceship one. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that it's probably like Odyssey. not nice in there, though. Supposed to be pretty nice. Really? It's supposed to be pretty. Nice. I don't know. I always just imagine like like when I whenever I see it, I'm like that's that's got to be the grunge. That's one. like the extra VIP. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess I was wrong all this time. Yeah. I have to check the space out to see. And we have a we have a dollhouse too. That's on another street behind, and then we have the penthouse too, yeah. which is they are next to each other. There's penthouse and then dollhouse. Yeah, there's a bunch all on that one. Tons. Street. Tampa is literally tons of of strip clubs. I wonder why. I don't know. They're like, let's all it's just go to Tampa. Been like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. But yeah, so I worked at that nightclub. I was actually promoter. So I was outside getting people to come in and walking people into the door. Uh-huh. And then I got promoted to a beer tub girl, <laughs> which was super fun because I could go inside and I actually be with the music, which is what I loved because mm-hmm. I love to dance. Um, you know, they got freaking Benny Benassi pumping in the background yeah. and I'm serving out, you know, your Coronas, your Heineken's and your Bud Lights. So when he needed. was security, what part, where was he stationed? So I was like the back beer tub mm-hmm. and then he worked with the VIP. That's the spot you want to be. Yeah. He did not give me the time of day. Wow. Did he ever tell you why? Because I was a good girl. Uh, he he only wanted the the the, the sluts. Yeah, he was twenty one. Hell yeah! Who wants a good girl? Nobody wants me. That's boring. Fucking boring. 
You, like, want the, you want the easy one. Exactly. He's like 21, you know, with his frosted tips and, yeah. you know, his broken English accent, you know, um, which he doesn't have now. But, um, yeah, we met there. And then I quit. He went to another. He got fired from there for sneaking somebody underage bands. Used to do it, too. <laughs> it happens. Uh, what? He got fired one night and walked across the street to the next club, and they hired him at that club. <laughs> what, was it a, a girl that he gave the underage man? Oh, to? I'm sure. Yeah. So what we used to do is 18 to it was 18 to party, 21 to drink. Yeah. And same. what I used to do, this was the most ultimate pimp line. And if you guys work in the clubs, I'm sure you know somebody that does something similar. But it was it was foolproof. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the night, when they were doing the the wristbands, mm-hmm. I would take 10. Mm-hmm. 21 uh, bands, mm-hmm. and when everybody was waiting out in the line outside, all the 18, you know, 18, 19 year olds that couldn't drink, I would walk through the line and I would look for the prettiest ones. Mm-hmm. And I would also make sure they were slutty, um, pretty <laughs> and slutty. So if you were slutty but not the prettiest, then you'd still have yeah. a good shot. Good and shot. I would give them a, a, a bracelet secretly. I was like, come here for a minute. And they would come over and I'd be like, here's a bracelet. Make sure you come see me and thank me at the end of the night. <laughs> And they'd be like, okay. So they had a great night because they were able to drink. And they because were excited of me. because the bouncer yep. is talking to them. I got them in. So they would come drunk at the end of the night. And I would be like, do you want to stay after hours with me? Of course. And that's where shit got crazy. Of course. Um, that's what happened. So he didn't <laughs> want me. I went on my way to GNC. God knows where. So you went from beer tub girl <laughs> to GNC. How about that? No, I think I had like some type of adult. No. We forgot the most important job I've ever had. Hooters. Oh, Hooters, yes. <laughs> I worked at Hooters for a while. That's where I met my first husband. Uh, just like uh, Anna Maria, who's here earlier, worked at Hooters. Hooters. I worked there for a while. And then uh, we kind of parted ways. I met my first husband at Hooters. He was a fireman, like my dad. Did he give you a good tip? Always. Yeah. I had a group of firefighters that would always come sit, because they all knew my dad. Yeah. So they would just come in and sit with... With Urso's, you know, girl. So. What was your favorite food at Hooters? The buffalo shrimp. Yeah. They had some They're pretty good so food there. so good. They also made, I, I'm ashamed to say this, it's like old school. They probably don't even have it on their, their menu. They had this, the best ham sandwich. <laughs> it was ham on pressed yes, toast with it, the cheese. Yes. It was, it was like pressed down. It was very good. So and they delicious. gave you that dipshit too to put yes. it in. Yeah. So we would go in early, and you can have the cooks make whatever you want. And I would probably get those. I would get the shrimp or the the sandwich. Um, but yeah, met met my uh, my first husband there. So first husband at Hooters. Yeah. Second husband you met at the club, but you guys didn't start 18, dating. We didn't start dating. Um, always kind of stayed on each other's mind, which is weird because we had like a. I'm surprised we never ran into each other before. Um, you know, I actually got. Uh, separated from my my husband and I within like the second week like the third or fourth week because I remember it was like Thanksgiving time Mm -hmm. and everybody's asking where my husband was and I haven't told my family um I went out that night got lit like (laughs) like really bad and literally opened the doors this club on Kennedy Boulevard which is close to downtown in Tampa, and he's coming at me the door. And I was like, 
Dolly? And he's like, Alexis? <laughs> oh, my God. And then we just, like, the whole night, we're just on each other, like, white on rice. And how old were you? I had just gotten, I was 20, 26. Okay. 27. And then how long did it go from there before you guys got married? Uh, got married when I was 29. Were you guys, um, right from the start, did you know, like, I'm going to wind up marrying this guy? Yeah, because I didn't date anybody else mm -hmm. after my my first marriage. It was weird. No, normally, you go on a rampage. Yeah. You just want to date as many people as you can. But, um, you know, my family was, like, uh, hesitant. You know, they didn't actually meet him. Per, they refused to uh, bring him in for a while. And I understand. They needed yeah. their space. You know, yeah. I'd just gotten divorced. My parents spent thirty grand on the first wedding. Oh. Huge, huge wedding. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, they they really did a fantastic, fantastic job with the wedding. Yeah, so man, I wedding, weddings can freaking blow you blow they, you out, man. They, yeah, my my wedding cost me freaking eighty grand. Yep. Because my ex wife wanted to be so extravagant. Yep. And I wanted to give her everything that she wanted. This wedding, I wanted to go to Vegas, but he had never been married before, uh, and that would kill his family. I couldn't do that. Yep. So this one we paid for ourselves, and um. My parents picked up the bar tab, which was cool. That's cool, yeah. They didn't have to do that. But everything else I really budgeted for, and that was actually the wedding that I planned. But it was it was great. And we got married in Ybor City, oh. two buildings down from where we met. Wow. Yeah. And so now we go there all the time, and uh, we got married at the Italian club because I got a discount. <laughs> and uh, we look, like I said, we really budgeted it out really well. Oh, that's good. But that's a nice story now. It's a it's a really funny story. People like and I'm like now he's now he's obsessed with me, <laughs> and he didn't want anything to do with me when I was 18. But now he's obsessed, and we Still have obsessed. two beautiful two beautiful kids. Uh, when did the kids come? I was uh, I got pregnant with Viviana, my daughter, when I was 30. Mm -hmm. um, so that was 20. She was born in 2015, and then mm -hmm. I had my son Maxim in uh, 2018 in August. So you had two little kitties. Yeah. And you started a meal prep company. I, I did. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> I was sick of teaching little shit kindergartners. And I said, there's got to be something better to this. And I had just started um, losing my weight from my daughter. How much weight did you gain? Oh, I was 187 pounds wow. on my delivery, on the delivery uh, bed. It's a big one. I'm five foot two, so. Yeah. Now my mom, my mom did that with one of the, she was almost 200 pounds with, I think, my little sister, Tony. That's crazy. Yeah, she gained like 80 pounds. Yeah, no, I didn't, I only gained, that, that's what's so crazy about it. I only gained like 40 pounds, 45 pounds with my daughter after my wedding. I was shredded for my yeah. wedding. Shredded. But I moved to uh, Houston and I didn't like it there. I, I hate Houston. A, it was a long uh, long way from my family. Mm -hmm. I, I just I couldn't get comfortable there. But he's a he's an electrical engineer, so he was working in the oil industry for a while, and that's where everybody is if you're in the oil industry. Yeah. He worked for Baker Hughes, so we had to move everything. Literally, two days after our wedding, we moved to Houston. We packed up our shit. We spent like four days in uh, New Orleans, party it up, honeymoon, Houston, and I was just not happy there we were trying to have a, a kid and i gained like a monstrosity of weight before i got <laughs> pregnant 
like peach margaritas every day and cigarettes. But how did you, but so you gained all this weight, Yeah. but still how did, how did the entrepreneurship yeah. Yeah. of so, doing this happen? So I gained a shit ton of weight, had my daughter, um, was kind of tired of teaching, but at the same time had started this little meal prep game with me and my husband, um, seeing, you know, really awesome results, just tracking our macros mm -hmm. and eating similar foods to what we like, you know, having the, the chicken you know, and your pasta still, and your rice, and the potatoes, just portioning it out based on what you need. And then I found a way to kind of track it. And, um, you know, we made an Excel sheet that um, made it easier to track and to plan out. And I was like, oh, okay. Then I went meal prep shopping, and I really couldn't find anything that was personalized. Mm -hmm. Like, they just send you a generic yeah. plate of food saying, oh, you want to lose weight? Well, here, eat this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, yeah, I want to lose weight, but, you know, I'm starving and I'm still training. You know, I still want to look, you know, you know, I want my muscle and I want to do this. So I need to eat certain. I can't just not eat carbs. So um, we played around with that. I tried a bunch of different meal prep services. And then me and my godmother, um, even my best friend, um, she, she's like, why don't you start your own company? And I was like. So I was like, let's see. And I was like, I came up with a name almost immediately, made mm -hmm. to macro, immediately. I don't know Sometimes why. when you have it in your gut like that, you got to just it, go with I don't it right know. away. I don't know what happened. I was like, made to macro. Simple, easy, to the point. It's like, it makes sense. Um, called up my friend, Yvonne, and I said, I need a badass logo designed. Um, this is what the company is about. This is the name. Do something maybe like a chef with some a knife and a fork with some muscles or something <laughs> and this was one of the three i said that's it right there do you have the other ones uh i do in an email i would like to see them yeah for sure so what year was this 2017 2017 it was in the summer of i was actually about to switch from teaching kindergarten to co-teaching in second grade and i was just like how long were you teaching for i taught for seven years seven, seven years. years yeah you missed that at all yeah the kids are really cute yeah some of them just need to be loved little youngsters yeah but i have my kids at home too yeah and i could teach them you know my daughter's about to be in kindergarten this year i so. always uh i always um am fond of teachers that teach young kids yeah it's like a certain personality yeah that very like motherly yeah um, i went into teaching and i said i would absolutely not teach kindergarten and then my final internship through the University of South Florida um, they're like if you want this school you got to teach kindergarten I was like yeah. okay fifth grade was like the older kids because I'm like a drill sergeant yeah. in my classroom but man what a cool experience that was to teach kindergarten and then I had it was cool working with a teacher because I, I, I could use a lot of her um her curriculum that she already had so it kind of made the transition really easy mm -hmm. uh, but I just fell in love with that grade and how cute it is like kindergarten teachers are now responsible for teaching your kids how to read wow most people don't really realize that you know they think oh first or second grade no like you're learning how to read in kindergarten yeah. now so I'm looking forward to that this year with my with my daughter but uh but yeah uh, I just couldn't uh the school I taught in was very um, different. I taught in the projects oh, in wow. Tampa. 
um, which I've always kind of taught, and they call them Title I schools or Renaissance schools, mm -hmm. which are low um, or po poverty areas, um, which I always I always love because the kids just come in and they're just they they want to learn and they're eager, you know. They might not have a lot going on at home, or they might not have all their parents around, um, and they just really make it's it's such a special special opportunity and special relationship to have because you're really like a parent to them. Mm -hmm. You're like another parent, and then there's some sad situations. I'm you know, sure, too. yeah. It's really, and that's I couldn't anymore. It was just I would come home and like hold my daughter and be like. It's really, it's really, it's really, really fucking sad. A lot of kids don't have that. They don't. They don't have anybody to give them a hug when they go home. They don't have anybody to hug when they get home. So um, that summer, I threw all my, you know, eggs in the basket. I said, let's let's do this thing, and I had full support from Dolly, from my husband, mm -hmm. and um, I did my first promo in July at a small UFIT in South Tampa and I got three clients my first week and then I'm like what do I do now <laughs> I was like uh, I guess I gotta cook these people food so I yeah. put their names in the system I called them um you know we worked out a plan and they were with me for a long time and I went from three clients my my first week you know and then got a little bit more I was doing you know 30 meals a week out of my kitchen in my mm -hmm. house which I had just remodeled and then I tore it up because it was I was cooking you know for a year out yeah. of my house you know, then I went from, you know, 100 meals a week to, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then I got pregnant with my son. And that was very, very difficult because I'm doing deliveries on Saturday morning. You yourself were doing it. Yeah, I would cook it. I would prep it for you. And then, you know, we would deliver it. How many different stops were you going to? Oh, man, I would have people north of me. I would have you know, all the way in the different county next to me, because I service Pinellas. How far driving were you? Oh my God. I would say about, Wesley Chapel's the farthest north, so I would say about 45 minutes. I would probably drive for a good four to five hours Whoa. with my daughter in the car. Uh, just loaded up with meals. Just, just loaded up with meals cool. and a baby, in my, you know, just driving around. So, um, yeah, then we, uh, had Maxim, and I said, I'm not cooking out of my home anymore. I had a meltdown. And I said, if I want to grow this thing, I really need to get my own shared space. What made you have the meltdown? I, I'm in a, you know, my small house with two kids, and I'm trying to cook out of it. Did I you just, like, throw all the food I literally, down? I literally just crying, swollen. Snots. Everything. Hysterical. Swearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. But, uh. We uh, looked around, we found a really cool spot, and we have a shared space that we use now, and we get all of our uh, meals done there. We're outgrowing that. Mm -hmm. I'm currently so how long have you been there for? I've been there for two years. But now you're outgrowing that. I'm outgrowing that. So the, spa the space that you have now, mm -hmm. let's get let's do a little virtual sure. tour of the of the, sp the space right yeah. now. Yeah. So, so how is it set so up? You, so you walk into the kitchen, mm -hmm. and we have some prep tables. Mm -hmm. And then we have our hot side here with your with your with our fans. So we'll have our, our convection ovens with another prep spot. And you have your flat top grill, um, or the griddle. Mm -hmm. And then you have your uh, your char broiler, which yeah. is your grill. And then you have your your stove top with the six burners, um, some sinks in the back, 
and then I have fridges along the side of the other wall. And that's how I separate my, um, my athletes mm -hmm. that have specific meal plans versus my clients who are on my just general menu who are just following macros. Yep. And then I have uh, my uh, local clients in another fridge who get Saturday morning just knocking your door, here's your food, because yep. they're in the Tampa area. Mm -hmm. So I'm spread out all over the kitchen. I have more uh, freezers and fridge space in the back and then a big dish pit in the back. Do so. you have one specific thing that you yourself do every day? I am the man with, you know, who knows everything ins and out of mm -hmm. the kitchen. So I do what is needed yep. to get done. And that's my function. If I need to make the potatoes that day, I'm making potatoes. If the dishes are piling up and I know that my staff will run smoother, um, I'll, I'll clean some dishes. Like I'm, I'm still not, you know, but I, I'm very hands-on in the kitchen. Um, the meats, I really like to make sure are on point mm -hmm. and the recipes, uh, making sure the presence of the bowls, that's my biggest thing is like, you know, how do I want it to look yep. in the bowl? That's something like I'll model for them make sure they understand like this is how I want it you know I want the pasta on the bottom and then you can do the veggies over here with the chicken on top and then the sauce you know um, making sure the scales are working properly and they're on kilograms and not pounds because <laughs> that's happened a couple times which is horrific especially when you're weighing everything out and you're looking at the food I'm like there's nothing there oh it's on pounds <laughs> so um that's my, my biggest uh, job when I get to the kitchen is just making sure everything is, everybody's working in the, the best way possible. You know, um, getting the meals popped out as quick as we can because How many our people process are there? takes a lot longer. So I have three people portioning and mm -hmm. then I'm handling most of my competitors. Um, so, you know, any of my like IFBB pros, um, any of my NPC um, competitors that have to make sure like their meals are you know no oil on yep. this chicken because I have to measure it mm -hmm. you know this guy only gets a half a cup of rice you know this one hit can only be his meal for it can only be asparagus yep. you know just making sure those little um, details are covered I still oversee that and I have another person that helps me with that um, that I trust um, what else is there anyone else doing this now? Because there, have, there, there was no one doing this. That was what really made you guys stand out. I have not seen anybody on my scale doing this because yeah. it's hard. It's very and it hard. It takes a long time. Yeah, and that's why hard. I don't have as many clients as like all these big companies are all about the volume. Yeah. How many meals they can pop out at once. Yep. You know, they're standing there with their little, you know, their, their ice cream scoop, giving everybody the same portion. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, we're doing buy the pound if you need buy the pound. We're mm -hmm. doing fish if you need the fish, yeah. you know. Oh, you need eight ounces of it? Cool. Um, and we have to weigh every single meal out. So every single person is on that scale. Yep. And that next meal coming is not the same. So I don't, I haven't seen anybody doing it. Um, it would, cause it's, it's really hard. And my it program, is. my program that I have built is really cool. And that's, uh, that's how I want to scale it. And I think that's where, where we're going with this. Absolutely. Because I, 
I can tell you I've eaten a lot of the different a lot of the different companies food. Some is good, some is not good. And it's all forced out repetitive and yeah. so I can understand why that would make sense for the general population but if you are going to try to attack this fitness market, the yes. people that are very particular with food, right. doing it the way that you're doing it is so efficient for people that are doing this that I actually can't believe that you can do it as inexpensive as you do it. And I don't yeah. see why anybody would not want. Yeah. It saves you so much time. It saves you shopping. And it the guesswork is, is the done guesswork. for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like... Right now, I don't need to measure things anymore because I know what everything looks like at this point anyway. Yeah. But I know about what I want. And so the fact that I don't have to go buy it, cut it, weigh it, mm-hmm. cook it, put it all together, that I can just open it up. And most of the time, even though it does taste better, like Guy Citronino likes to have his in a, in a, in a skillet, the fact that I can just microwave it for a couple of minutes and eat my meal and it tastes really good yeah. and that's how much freaking time it took me. Yeah. I mean. And you have the, your your meals are pretty, I mean, now they're pretty plain. Yeah. You know, we have the fancier stuff for people who are just looking for the, the flavor. And the fancy stuff is great. But, you know, most of my athletes, they're going to eat what their coach tells them to yeah. eat. And I think that's where um, a lot of miscommun- miscommunication can be. Like, people don't realize, like, you don't have to just pick from my menu. Like, yeah. Well, there's a lot like of mistakes that are made through coaches, too, but you can work through all that with them. Correct. And you'll work with the coach. I will work with the coach. I which prefer, is amazing. I prefer to work with your coach. That means there's two people worried about what you're doing yeah. and holding you accountable, you know, and then you're not like, oh, I guess I should eat this day. I don't know. Maybe my macros should be this. No, this is what your coach told you to eat. Yeah. And then that, then they're, if you're preparing for a show and you want to leave no stone unturned in your preparation, this is the way to do it. Your coach is going to be controlling what right. you're eating. Right. So the coach tells you, this is what this person eats this week. Boom. Yep. There you go. Can't yep. fuck it up. This is yep. meal one. This is meal two. There you and go. it's literally labeled meal yeah. two, meal four, whatever you need. I mean, it's on one hand, it seems so simple, but it's fucking genius because yeah. no one else has done this. Yeah. And I know... Every bodybuilder I know that's doing it on their own, because I did, I did it for years. You know, you follow the sale to where you can get the best price on the chicken. Then you figure out what kind of like red meat you want. Then you go to where you're going to get your fish. And a lot of times it's in a bunch of different places. Yeah. You probably go to Costco for a bunch of your stuff. I mean, definitely can't go to Publix. Yeah, and then you and no. then you have probably most people have two days where you do like just bulk cooking, right? Mm-hmm. And I I used to have a system. Where I was like, I had my grill on my little patio, and I grilled as much chicken as I could at once. So I, I would have like friggin' 20 chicken breasts out there <laughs> grilling. And then I had my foreman uh, with like a piece of London broil, which is not steak that I really would have wanted to eat, but it's inexpensive. It's cheap as shit. So I would get, I would find the London broil if it was on sale for like two ninety nine a pound, grab like a three pound piece. I'm like, well, I get eight ounces of this. I'll just cook this all out. Mm-hmm. Slice it up then, boom, there's my steak. And, you know, if I was doing something with eggs, whatever. But my fish, I would put all my fish on cookie sheets and just broil it, right? So I'd have all this going on at once, major, major cooking days, and then i just load it up in the Tupperwares, and that's a freaking process. So to not have that process anymore, some people enjoy that. 
some people enjoy it and some people don't mind you know at the end of the day it's all about your your goals yes you need to eat the food regardless but But if you actually have a not even full-time job just a job that cuts into the time to do that it's a no-brainer right it's no i i I, it's very very well worth even if it's slightly above your budget just budgeting that because yeah. all the time and the headache being out of it. Yeah, and you don't have to, you know, be on board for forever. Like I, like I said, I've had clients with me who have been with me since day one. Like they still order from me every single week, which is really cool. And then I have people who, you know, just want to try me out, and they maybe they maybe not like my food. They, you know, at the end of the day, you're eating leftovers. Yeah. So you know, we try to make it, you know, taste as best as possible, as fresh as possible. Um, but yeah, you know, we have people that will lose, you know, in a week or two, but you know, most of our clients stay on board for a really long time. And it's because, you know, we take the guesswork out of it. And the fact that you could go on and use our macro calculator, if you don't know your macros, it's built into our website. And then you have me in your corner to, you know, kind of help, you know, answer any questions about what you should or should be eating. But that circles back to making sure you have a coach because me and those people stay on board a lot longer. Yeah. Because I'm losing the people who don't know what they're doing after, because they want that instant gratification. And, and I, you, I, I guarantee you, I'm like, oh, no, duh. I guess I should be eating this. And I, you know, I definitely want low carb because I have to lose weight. And the, the minute they say that, I'm just like, mm. you don't know what you're doing, and you're not working with a coach. Someone put you in this pile. How many? Um, what percentage do you think is competitors versus lifestyle people? Right now, I have about. I would probably say competitors, I would probably say about 40%. Oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. And I think that's where my business is heading, to be honest with you. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, Because it's so accurately measured. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what they're looking for. And that they know they can open their, their bowl and be like, okay, this is what I'm getting. And they could take it and measure it, you know, and make sure they're getting what they need. Yep. But, um they know that they need to eat this food to get to this result because this is what their coach wants of them. I feel like the other meal prep services that are doing those, you know, the ice cream scoop, every yep. one size fits all. I feel like people who, like, you know, the regular average Joe might be better off using a company like that because, you know, if you're worried about like the absolute gourmet, you know, with all the sauce and the cheeses mm-hmm. and like all that stuff, which is, I love cheese. It's delicious. But it's not going to help me get to XYZ goal, you know? So that might be a better option. If you just want to look good in the bikini this summer, you know, some some people have a different goal. They're trying to get stage ready. Yeah, but do you think that because fitness has become so popular, there's also more education out there? Yes. Most people should be doing this anyway. 100%. Yes. I totally agree with that. It just requires education to make people understand that. But people don't want to take the time to learn it and understand it. Are you educating them? I'm trying the best that I can. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's another reason why I like working or referring coaches. Yeah. We work hand in hand. You know, it's going to cost more money, but, you know, you're going to get your food and you're going to get your advice. You're going to get your education all in one package, one in place. It's a no-brainer. Do you have people that are asking you questions on how they should change their meals around if they don't have a coach? Yes. And then what and, do you? What and do you I'm do? and I'm the go-to for that because I am nutrition yeah. certified. 
I am nutrition. And that's a lot of extra work. It's a lot of extra work for me that I'm not charging for. Yeah. You need to, and that people, and I get taken advantage of. So it takes me a while. I would like to see you change that from a business perspective. You just, you're putting out too much of a service now. I agree. And it's taking up too much time. I agree. And it's, it's very frustrating for me when I spend time on your meal plan and then you cancel a week later because you just want to try it out. Yeah. They don't understand, like, I took however long to plan your meals out for the week because they're personalized for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, that's unfortunate. That takes me back to my old days of coaching where I had a rule from the start that back then I, I was in a position where it was no big deal for me to make somebody pay up front. And if they didn't, I just wouldn't send them anything. I, I wasn't desperate for money in that regard. So if anybody wanted to work with me, I knew in the beginning I'm going to be designing all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm not going to design all this stuff for, the, for then a week later to be like, oh, I don't want to do this now. Yeah. After I just did all that work. So you had to pay. If you, if, if you worked with me for 12 weeks, you paid for 12 weeks up front. Yeah. And that was the way that I protected myself. So I could see it would be very frustrating taking the time to yeah. teach somebody about everything that they're going to eat. And then after a week, they're like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore. Right. Or they don't stick to it. I'm yeah. like, you know, you order 10 meals a week, but you have eight in your freezer. How does that even happen? But they do it. I was like, you're paying, you're paying for this food. You know, and it's just so easy now to yeah. go Uber Eats. I want Taco Bell. Yep. And it's there in 30 minutes. Yeah, no, we, we do. Um, 30 minutes. What do we do, DoorDash? Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah, it is easy. But at least all the all the all the uh, healthy restaurants are on there too. Yeah. You don't have to eat. You shit. don't have to eat shit. You don't have to eat shit. But if you're gonna order from me, and yep. I'm gonna take time to help you, and you're taking time to answer all these questions that I need to know to even plan for you, why are you not just eating your food? Yeah, it's and, a no-brainer to me. But that's what makes it. It's like either they are too tempted by other foods, or, you know, they're out going out and about too mm-hmm. much, probably getting crunk. Crunk. Get crunk. And, you know, ordering that pizza at 3 a.m. If you are taking the time to do Uber Eats or even go out and eat more than once a week, you are such a perfect candidate for Made to Macro. Because I've talked to, to like, my buddies that they have sat down and budgeted what they're eating. And it's crazy. One of the craziest ones was was freaking Sammy, who used to work here. Mm. He broke down, like, what they eat on the weekends. And he was like, man, I never realized it was so high. Yeah. And I was like, Dude. You can't even check out from Uber Eats without spending at least $16. And now they have a small order fee. Yeah. That's like an extra $2. Mm-hmm. So if you want, like, I don't know, a Moe's burrito, after the time you check out, it's $16. Yeah, it's crazy. $16 and burrito. If somebody's, lo- if somebody's local in Tampa, which, like, the, the easiest, like, yeah. transportation. Yeah. What is a, an average meal for you going to come? Oh, like not even $9? Freaking not even 10 bucks, yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, that's like mind-blowing. Yeah, and it could be whatever size you need it. And go to any restaurant and, and, and find a, a, a dinner for 10 bucks. Yeah. Maybe 15 at some of the cheaper places, you know, yeah. but how good is it going to be, you know? It's, uh, it's crazy. And like I said, even people who just want to have a healthier, balanced option not even like goal specific you know our general menu is really good you yeah. know i take a lot of time to plan out some meals are amazing some people are i some some menu uh, items i won't ever put on again because mm. i hated them or i got feedback from somebody saying they sucked yeah 
and I'm I'm open to that feedback. But if you know they leave without me knowing that feedback, then I'll I'll never know. So, but I'm really good about getting feedback, um, and putting that into my menu or suggestions. Is for menu getting items. is getting the proteins the hardest part? Prices are getting uh, are raising again really yeah. bad. This, really bad this across the board. current, uh, I would say two weeks, but I really noticed it this week. The salmon is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Because I, I paid a lot of money for that salmon. I mean, listen, if I got to show you a few bucks to keep getting that salmon, <laughs> I was like eating one last I found night. It. I found it finally, and I was like. <sighs> that was a damn a good one. It's a 90 difference, and that's, I would rather, it looks better. It, the color is different. It's just delicious. It's like that bright pink. Yeah. It's not that whitish. You know, it's, you know. it's when you eat the same thing every day. Well, I'll give you two perspectives. When you eat the same thing every day, you, you know what you're eating. Right. But on the same time, when you eat the same thing every day, you notice a difference that's subtle or more than subtle. And I've liked all the food anyway because I eat the same thing every day. I know what I like. I know what I want. But this past week, the salmon is the best that it's been. Yeah. And also, the, the sirloin is very, very good this yeah. week, too. Yeah. Um, the one that I am eating, I don't know if it's seasoned a little bit differently, the, but it's very good. The flank? Yes. I don't remember what I made last it's week. It's very, very good. I have to remember. I think it was like a churrasco style. Yeah, it's very good. And when, you, you know, when, you're, when you're eating basic like, like I am, and let me tell you guys, bodybuilders, this is very important that you understand this. You absolutely can eat seasoning. You should eat seasoning. You can eat salt, pepper. You should eat salt on all your food. Yeah. You don't need barbecue sauce and shit like that. But right. dry seasonings, you can eat that stuff. Yeah. Don't I have do to eat. carry all the mustaches, yeah. though. You, I do have those people who are like, you know, I do have a couple uh, pa- uh, patients of clients who um, their doctor recommended because they're on dialysis, so mm-hmm. they have to monitor their sodium yep. intake, obviously. But you know what? I, I cater to that too. I have yeah. a special set of my menu, and it's it says you know, dialysis, which is amazing that you do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we really want to make the experience as personalized as possible, um, which is why we're not popping out, you know, a thousand meals in a day. Because I, I just can't. You know? I, I think that what you what you have been doing from the time that I met you till now has been fantastic. But it has gotten consistently better. Thank you. It's very impressive. Thanks. But there's one other thing that you've done that's been very impressive that we haven't Ooh. even talked about. My bars or my transformation. Your transformation. The <laughs> bars are very good. <laughs> the bars are very good. I ate last night very late. <laughs> I need to stop doing this. I've I've had this. Uh, I didn't even get to sample the bars last week because I've been that diligent on my diet. I really didn't want to even sample it because I knew I would have just the butterscotch very good but what I've been doing is I really need to stop doing this is I have been full Mm -hmm. I need to stop doing this I've been full but there's there the treat is there it's so good and so I want it I know and what's happening is I'm I'm already full when I'm eating it Mm -hmm. and then I'm giving myself a stomach ache and I'm laying in bed with a stomach ache I need to stop hopefully the the Greek yogurt soothes the well either that or I just need to just eat that first yeah. Come home, eat that. Then, then you don't have the nice production that you like to do with the yogurt <laughs> on top and then the mixing. So it's evenly coated. I need I need to, I really need to not, not do that. Or I just need to open up my window a little bit longer where I can eat more. But the, the transformation, seriously. Yeah. From the first video that we did when we talked about, you know, joining up. Yeah. 
that was cool. Till the till, till the beat, you did an amazing job with Thank BPG you. last yeah, year. Yeah, third place. That was outstanding. Thanks. And then uh, we started because uh, I coach Alexis. I've been yeah. having a lot of fun with it. She was very easy to coach. She just does what she's told. I said, let's try to get jacked for a little yeah. while because you like putting on muscle anyway. Yeah. And you put on a lot of muscle. <laughs> muscle this year. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I was eating a lot to the point where I was like, all right. I don't even think I, it was like, and it was weird. It was the, the weirdest meals, like meal four was like random one in the middle of the day. That was like the hardest for me to do, you know, eating all this rice and eating all this. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is like, I never had to buy new clothes. I stayed yeah. like nice and tight. Um, you know, my weight went up, what, like 12 pounds, mm-hmm. but it looks so good. And then I was like, look, we're going to, we're going to put some muscle on for a while. And then we're just do a little mini cut at the end. Yeah. And And I'm still eating. Like I'm still, I'm not, you know, I'm not starving. But you look so much different. It's awesome. It's really cool. Your body has recomped dramatically. 100%. Recomp has been crazy. That's why, you know, I wasn't really, you know, as a girl, you like want to step on the scale and be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Here it goes. And then, but then you're like, you're, you're like in your bikini and you're like walking around like, dang. Like, I never saw that before. Yeah. You know? and, you the know. bikini, the bikini check-ins for me as a yeah. coach are exciting. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it's a, I'm I'm so incredibly happy, and just just thrilled about the whole transformation. This year's is really cool too, because I did the complete opposite of what I did yeah. last year. Last year, last was, year like, was like I went from like mom bod yeah. to. Like, you went from mom bod to MILF. MILF. And then you went from MILF to let's get jacked. Let's get jacked. But you can still be a jacked MILF. Can. And put on some really good yeah. muscle. Yeah. Now we're just toning it up. Now we're going to tone it up a little bit. Um, do you think that now that you look, you, you pretty much look like a competitor now. So now that you look like a competitor, mm. Do you find that it has changed the business? Has it helped the business? Has it not affected it at all? Do people maybe trust you a little bit more? Yeah. Because like, okay, she knows what yeah. she's talking about. Yeah, yeah, I get asked that a lot. You know, are you a competitor or when's your next show? And I'm just like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. There's no way. But um, I definitely feel that people trust me a lot more. Um, they respect my advice. They're like, oh, she looks good. She probably knows what she's doing. Um, a lot of support from my fellow moms too, which Good. is really cool. I love that to see. Um, you know, kind of rooting each other on. You know, maybe motivating others, which is like amazing in my book. Mm-hmm. I would love to be that type of person, be that like you know role model. You are a great role model. Thank you. But um, but yeah, I definitely feel like it's changed my my business a lot, and it's exposed me to a lot more people too. You know, people come up to my booth and they're like, you know. Oh, you're the you're the owner. Okay, cool. You know, so you're in this industry too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah. You know, I've been here for a while. I just, you know, now I'm now I'm out. Especially since I partnered with you, like yeah. doing all the shows with you guys last year. You were everywhere really last year. I was everywhere last year. So, do you um, like traveling around like that? I really, really, really love being the face of my business and also representing um, my favorite supplement company too. Which, which is, is really, really, key. really cool. 
Because if you don't want to do that, it's going to be really hard, man. I love talking to people. It's great. When I, when I first started, I loved going everywhere. I was going everywhere yeah. I could. Now, all these years later, I don't really like traveling as much. Yeah. I like to go to the big events. Yeah. I love going to the Arnold and the Olympia and the big events. Um, I do not have, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest, I have no desire to go to the yeah. smaller events now. They're just, they're just brutal for me I like seeing some of my local shows because it's like a family you know mm -hmm. everybody knows each other you know everybody's there they know me to macro now um, it's like a little like a little family and you know we get to kind of see each other and, mm -hmm. and root each other on you get to see maybe some people that you're feeding yeah. on stage which is and really I think cool. as a as a starting company in the fitness industry you should be out as much as possible because yeah. word of mouth is huge word of mouth is how I survive yeah so me going to these events has been like a, a true blessing, which is really cool. Yeah, you, you're, you're selling your food because social media is a huge tool and it's easy to sell yourself and it's easy to sell products. The thing that makes it a little bit harder for food is that people are very particular about the food they eat. I know. So it could look, pretty in, a, it? It could look pretty in a picture. Yes. And it could be a good deal, but if they haven't tried it yet, that's exactly what the you got to get them to bite and get yeah. in and try. So that's the hardest so part. Sampling it was like the biggest thing because some of these events, like they won't even let you bring samples. Yeah. The local shows are really cool because I can set up my whole shop and bring like fresh food in and be like, bing, bang, boom, you know, here's my meatballs. Yep. Try this. So, uh, tomorrow I'll be um, sampling some of the bars. Just because it's easier to tote. Yeah. And I made some full-size demo meals. Have they changed? Has COVID really changed the way that you're allowed to sample now? Um, The last event I went to, there was nobody really monitoring that. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're in a building that says we cannot do XYZ sampling, like with the actual like buffet style, yep. then I would be. I don't know. It would. I think maybe last summer there probably would have been an issue yep. but i think now it's probably been eased up a little bit fortunately where we are it's uh you know yeah i don't know how it is up in new york they may make <laughs> you like stand in a plastic box they up might there. in a bubble <laughs> with your mask and gloves it's a shame um i think that uh that is key for you i've said it to you from the start um you know we we discussed i said i need somebody that i can really trust yeah uh in my booth at my shows yeah. you speak very very well Thank you're you. a good pe people person you know the products and i know that you want to be out there so we can combine it together and i have somebody that i know i can trust that mm. i've never had anyone not one person say anything other than alexis did a great job oh, that's great. and that's huge yeah. because you don't want to you don't want to pay a demo rep that's just going to sit there and not talk to anybody and i've seen that happen i see a lot of companies do that i've been pretty smart about not letting those people do that for me i see it I see it a lot, almost at every event. Yeah, I mean, how many there's times always, have you gone to an event? There's someone just sitting at a table doing nothing. They're just sitting nothing. out there on their phone, yep. doing whatever they want to do. Um, they don't give a shit because they don't. They probably don't care. They don't own no. the company. They're not me. They're not you. So, it's, it makes a night and day difference for them. Of course, well, you're the owner. You're shaking hands. You're not behind the table. You're in front of the table, you know, talking to people. When I when I uh, when I first started Blackstone Labs, I did all the demos, mm -hmm. and. I, this is, this is part of the reason why people need to read the, the E-Myth Revisited, but I was like, how could I have somebody else talking about my stuff? They're not going to know what to say. Mm -mm. Uh, but people can be taught. Yes. They can learn. And I also was so worried 
about people wanting to meet me and then being mad that I wasn't there. So in the beginning, I just made sure I was everywhere I could possibly be. And as the company really grew, people would say to me, they would say, you're the only CEO of a company this size that's at all these events. And I said, you know what? I do it because I really enjoy just talking to everybody. Yeah. And so when I go to, to the big events, you know, the Arnold Olympia, I stay away from my athletes. I let them do their thing. <clears throat> I pretty much stay away from the sales guys. And I kind of float in my own spot mm-hmm. right outside. And I just talk to everybody that comes by all yeah. day. And it's, just, yeah. it's just very nice to hear the stories of, of course. I took this product and this happened. And I saw your video and this happened. And, and that is the most rewarding for me. And I think for you, you're, you're right in the the beginning fun exciting stage of like getting yourself out there to all those people and you're going to have more and more stories i think so too of people telling you like man you changed my life and that's the yeah. most rewarding thing. those are the best stories mm-hmm. i feel like even, even i send you some when i get them too because yeah. i know that you like enjoy that kind of stuff yeah you should always but, be very proud of that um the success stories are fantastic like barbie um yep. delisandro mm-hmm. um her dad his blood work is phenomenal that's amazing and he's been eating my food since his since before Christmas, since his, his heart attack. And you're, you know, when you get, when you think about it, when you put it in perspective of you're helping people stay alive longer, yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. That's like my, my key, like from not, not just, you know, just being a, you know, an athlete or a bodybuilder, but this guy's legit went from eating fast food every day to only eating my food every day. How awesome. And now his blood work is like, that's beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Like textbook. So now from where you're at now, mm-hmm. you've grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Rizik has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Still a mom. That's not going to change. <laughs> what else is new? Like what is on the horizon for Maids Macro now? Like where are you going with it now? Yeah. So we are looking at um, new packaging prototypes, make a little bit of a nicer, sleeker look, mm-hmm. different type of packaging. I'm not sure if we're going to um, stick to the vacuum seal or um, do like a simple like seal with a nice little sleeve. Um, we're looking into, um, we've been starting the protein by the pound, which a lot of my competitors have been taking advantage of because they like their, yeah. their things fresh. And so like, what are you doing by the pound? Just chicken? No, I do everything. Oh, you everything are? Everything that I cook on my menu, mm-hmm. you can get by the pound. So how, tell me how that breaks down. So um, I basically, for the pricing or for the... Like is it five pounds? Is it 10 pounds? Per, just the... $50 minimum. Oh, okay. Yeah, $50 minimum. So, What's we the do. biggest you'll go? Um, I, I, I think right now I have somebody buying like about 12 pounds of, of food a week. A week? Yeah. So if somebody has like a, you know, a big... That's just because... Somebody has a freezer in their, in their garage and they're like, hey, I, you know, yeah. I need 20 pounds of steak. Yeah, and we vacuum seal those. You'll do those, it? Those will always, yeah. Oh, those that's will, great. Those that's will awesome. always be vacuum sealed. Now, when you're doing it, here's something I'm interested in. When you are, if somebody wants uh, 10 pounds of chicken, right? Mm-hmm. How are you portioning it? Is it just coming in a 10-pound bag? Like, here's your chicken. No, I do it by the pound. So it's be, one pound, one yeah, pound, one pound. pound. And are they individual in little containers or? No, I just put them in the bag yep. with the seasoning. And it's, it's, so you can do, it's a $50 minimum. Mm-hmm. Do you have to stick to one specific protein or can you do multiple? Multiple. Oh, you can. Mm-hmm. So somebody can, somebody can come in and say, I want uh, five pounds of chicken and 10 pounds of steak. Yes. Oh, okay. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. 
It's, it's, it's another thing that other meal preps offer. Yep. That it's, it's stupid for me not to offer because I'm already doing it. You're already doing it. So it's stupid for me not to. So we're doing that now. Um, the breakfast really kicked off, even though I said I was not going to do it. I know. And I, I tried to not like get too behind that because you said that you didn't want to do it. I really enjoy the breakfast. I know you guys do. I really do. But I know you got to do what's. From a business standpoint, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being honest. I always tell people there are certain things that I I don't do just because we can't make money yeah. that way. So you I have just, to do what's going to be financially smartest for the company. I just look at my breakfast meal as not like the healthiest. Yep. And I feel like it's a gimmick, like you know, the protein donuts mm -hmm. or the protein this or the protein that. Like my bars are cool because they're actually oatmeal based. Yeah. And normally people eat oatmeal. Like my, my breakfast is oatmeal every morning. So I don't feel guilty, you know, eating one, you know, with the Greek yogurt. You know, I don't feel like that's a horrible um, thing to do. But I'm like, I'm the type of person where I'm like, if you want a donut that bad, just go get a donut. Get a regular donut. I was always like that also. Like, you just go do it. You you know, go. you want a cookie? Go get the cookie. Megalicious makes delicious. So are you, you know? so does this mean you're staying away from it? Then? No, I'm going to keep them on board because people like them and I'm, I'm starting to do the bars separately. People like that. Of mm -hmm. course I use your protein, which is cool because you know, I can switch up the flavors every week and then freeze some older flavors and bring them back out when I need to. Or when you have people that want the bars, mm -hmm. they can contact you and just order a bunch of bars. They're on my site too. Now the, re the reason I'm asking is because yeah. we, 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 this happened recently. Yeah. And I didn't know the answer, but you did yeah. accommodate. So we did, we did accommodate them. They wanted 10 bars, um, or we sell them in packages of 10 now. Okay. Um, so they're just whatever flavor we have. So um, when you're making the bars, mm -hmm. on average, that one flavor, how many bars do you make? We make a lot. We make about, um, just for the breakfast alone, about 40 a week. But then I'll make like an extra two trays yep. of the actual bars just to have. Because I could take them to events. Yeah. I could sell them out. Well, I mean, the bars are very good. So now yeah, that now really that good. people know that they can get the bars and, and they're high in yeah. protein. I brought you, you some more pineapple ones yeah. too. That's a good, that's a, <laughs> thank you. You're that's right. a good thing for people to know now. It's, they're really tasty. Like I said, but the whole breakfast thing was just like, I can't really hit people's macros exact but yeah. if I know they're eating my breakfast I could deduct those macros from the rest of their meals a day yeah but it just it's more time for me to figure out the rest of the macros which I'm not getting paid for what was the <laughs> most popular breakfast um oh man people love that everything bagel that one. was the best I, I didn't want to <laughs> I, I had to feel like that was going to be a pain in the ass one so I didn't want to did say it again it. this week that one yeah. was the best it's everything bagel with the eggs, and then I make this the sauce with like this. Um, it's cream cheese and cream and the everything bagel seasonings, mm -hmm. and I whip it to together, and then just kind of put it on top. It's it's dreamy. Yeah, I was a big fan. Yeah, that's the the. And then with turkey bacon on the side. Going to my my boring meals, which are better for my digestion and all my issues. Yeah. I do miss the little fancy breakfasts. The breakfast. I got excited for the breakfast. The breakfast were good. Yeah. You, you, you make a hell of a breakfast. Yeah. I mean, it's all things that if it looks good, I'm going to try it. Yeah. I'm going to try to make it. Even if I, when I go to restaurants, if I eat something really good, I'm like, mm -hmm. I try to dissect it. I'm like, I could do this. You can do this. And then I'll put it on my menu. And if it works, it works. If it it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Especially when you're a fatty up here. It's like <laughs> the best part of my job. But that's what makes you a, a good cook, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, just uh, we do 
doing the breakfast. But um, long, long term, you know, it was really uh, cool seeing, you know, all the trifecta commercials at the Olympia. Yeah. And, you know, here's a little Lexus there. And uh, never when I, I didn't even imagine myself going to any Olympia anytime soon. But, you know, luckily, you know, with COVID, I say luckily, but it did work out for me because um, it was here in Orlando. So yeah. it was super easy for me to go. Um, and, you know, experience it. Uh, a little different experience, but I still got to experience um, the Olympia. So seeing that trifecta up there just really lit a fire up my ass Good. and be like, I know my shit's better. Yeah. And I know what I'm doing is different. And it just, people just need to know about me. Absolutely. And that's it. That's all I can do. So this year I plan on getting, you know, maybe some investors involved, um, putting some more money into it and just blowing it up this year. Good. That's what I would like to do. Just keep on marketing it. The food is amazing. The food is amazing. Yeah. And the idea is fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I had about, I think I, I, th I think I told you guys that about seven or eight companies mm -hmm. that reached out and we, we did a lot with fresh meal plan and mm -hmm. good guys over there. Um, I think their operation was just so mainstream that it was the yeah. complete opposite of what you're doing. Right. So it didn't really are. fit what we tried to cater it. We, I even designed different meals and there was a landing page. There were more bodybuilding friendly, but uh, most of my bodybuilder friends were like, you know, I mean, the price is not that good and mm -hmm. it's just too basic. And I told those guys, I'm like, I, you know, you guys got your own thing going. You probably shouldn't try to get into fitness as hard as, as you are. It's just yeah. too different than what you're doing. Yeah. So after that, I was just going to base it on whose food that I liked the best. And your food was very, very good. But the fact that you were working out and that you'd use Blackstone Labs, Labs product, that really the authenticity there that really pulled me in. And so now growing with you as a friend, as yeah. partners and how far that your company has come, it's very rewarding for me to see it. Oh, I, I truly very enjoy. Very, very blessed to have you in my corner. Like when I reached out to, to that, to you that day, I was like, Oh, maybe he'll answer. We'll see. Sure. As shit. You, you answered. And I, was bringing you food two days later. And I don't crazy. go away. I don't go away. Definitely didn't go mm -hmm. away. This is like the dream team. Nope. You got to cheat on me, steal from <laughs> me to, at the same time to get me out. Yeah. And even then I stay for a while. Yeah. Well, I'm super proud of you. This was a fun podcast. We talked for about sure. a lot of different things. Is there anything else before we sign off that people need to know about Made to Macro? Oh, Important to macro. details. I feel like we hit everything, you know? Any new... Fancy foods that are coming out that we don't know about yet. Nothing new and fancy. The, um, the, 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 the by the pound is a very big deal. People, that's a, that's yeah. a big deal that a lot of people don't know about yet. It is on our site. Um, and I do have all the specific pricing. Um, a lot of the information is reliant upon me, mm -hmm. you know, making sure we have that connection, which is very overwhelming for me as yeah. I get more and more clients. So I am trying to implement more um, staff that is um, like a duplicate of me, you know, with the nutrition coaching and having those certifications and being able to give advice um, and then working alongside the coaches, I think is really going to help Good. Um, this year. So I'll have one on staff to help me um, and then He's actually he's actually really awesome. He gave me my first job at GNC. Oh, he's, wow. He's the best. That is he full taught circle. me like everything I need to know about. And I said, 
Um, he's actually doing my husband's programming right now for all his training. Um, and I'm doing my husband's food. What is he training for? Um, he's just powerlifting, man. He's, oh. he's, he was 227 in December, and I have him up to 260. And he's like pressing over 1,000 pounds. Is he, uh, does he want to compete in a powerlifting no. competition? No, he just wants to be just strong. Just wants to be big and strong? Yeah. yeah. That's how I met him. Why not? Big and strong. What's Fine. his favorite lift? Um, I would say, I would probably say deadlifts. Deadlifts? I always loved that. doing chest. I was one of those guys. He likes chest. I loved benching when I was young, and now my he shoulders are fucking too. mess. I would say deadlifts, so he's been getting better and better. I think okay. it's because that was like me. I think he he likes to push himself. He's like one of those guys. Like ah, I think I'm gonna get another one. Yeah, and he'll go back and and do it. You usually have your. They're different uh, mindsets. You've got your bench guys, mm-hmm. your squat guys, and then you got your deadlift guys. Yeah. Sometimes. You've got a squat and deadlift guy. And that guy usually sucks on the bench. It's very interesting. Yeah. And then you got the bench guy that just benches. That's it. He's got like a 900-pound bench press, and all his other days are like other bench days, and there's like no leg day. No leg day, yeah. Um, I tried to be good when I was competing at all three. Um, and coincidentally, or ironically, I was a really good squatter and deadlifter when I was powerlifting and not a good bench presser. And then in my bodybuilding career, my bench press got really good. Mm-hmm. And my squat and deadlift did not accelerate the way that everything else was. Really? Yeah. So I squatted in, in drug-free. I squatted 550 and deadlifted 550 as an 18-year-old raw. And uh, at 198, so... W- I wasn't even at the top of the class. It was like 195, so I was pretty strong. That's really strong. But my bench press uh, raw was only 330. And towards the end of my bodybuilding career before I wrecked my shoulders, I mean, I could do 405 for 10 on the bench, you know, all my workouts, and I loved doing it. That's awesome. I loved it. Yeah. He's enjoying Uh the – he's enjoying his transformation too. That was his – you know, I was eating more. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to eat more too. Yeah, get big and strong. And yeah, so – we gained a combined weight of 50 pounds in my house. <laughs> but now now that your weight is going down, is he going it down is, too? It is. It uh, is. Not yet. Not yet. He's keeping it up. Yeah. What if you start getting really lean? He'll probably feel really shitty. Yeah. Is he going to feel like the fat guy around there? Oh, he already feels like that. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he already does. He already, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to, to shred some more. We've got three weeks left. We're doing it fast too. It's coming. I know. I know. This week was really good for me. Yeah. I needed I crept that. up slow, and then I was like, boom, we're going to yeah. do it fast. Yeah. This week, I really needed it. The first week, we came off, then we kind of plateaued a little bit. But now that we upped our cardio a little mm-hmm. bit, it's getting, uh, it's getting a lot better. Good. Well, we got three more weeks till the weeks. end of the BPJ. We're going to yes. see a brand new physique. You're looking pretty jacked right now. Jacked I'm, and tan. I'm super tan. Yeah, I like it. I like Looks to be good. tan. So much more muscle. It's awesome to right? see. Yeah. yeah. I and a very, very good podcast and a very good friend. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad that I had you on here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I've had two me. very nice podcasts in a, in a row. It's a very good. I can go into my weekend and feel like I put some good information you out. You did. I'm very happy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That was Alexis, a.k.a. Made to Macro, a.k.a. Alexis from Made to Macro. You can tag her both. You can reach yes. out to her. She always responds fast. She will help you. Don't make her figure out all the macros for you. Get a goddamn Get coach. Get a fucking coach. Please. Don't let her do all that stuff. I told her Come she on. can't be doing all that stuff anymore. Uh, hopefully she listens to me. But her food is really, really good. We love her all very much. Peace out, bye.